Great is our God and worthy to be praised. The mountain of his holiness. Come on, this is the house of God. Let his praise be heard in the sanctuary. privilege it is to be here tonight, and uh, this is my first time to uh, be in your new facility. I was unable to be um, due to schedule at the dedication. My wife was, but I was out of the country and was unable to be here, and I kind of feel like the Queen of Sheba. I, I walked up today, and my breath was taken away from me because the half had not been told. And uh, what a beautiful, beautiful sanctuary and church plant. Uh, man, to God be the glory. Amen. And we always, we always say to God be the glory, and that's true, but it's kind of like the, the little boy and the, the preacher were walking down the road, and there had been old field that had been left undone for years and years and uh, now there was a beautiful garden and the preacher put his hand on the boy walking with him he said my son look at that beautiful garden and uh, he said hasn't God given a beautiful garden and the little boy said yeah but you should have seen it before my daddy started helping God amen so God was here before the mayos, but to God be the glory for sending the mayos. And look what God has done and anointed and gifted them. Amen. Amen. Honored to be here. And uh, in this room are people that have played uh, a big part of ministry in my life. And... Uh, I'm looking at one of those. He's he's not old, but he he he's just he's like fine wine. He gets better with age. Brother Harold Sargent, Sister Sargent, I love them. Amen. I was thinking today about I didn't know who was going to be here, but I, I knew Brother Sargent would be here, and I was thinking there was a time. You know, it's not easy uh, following an icon. And uh, coming to work with Brother Wilson and then, you know, the, the whole comparison deal. And I'm not Nate Wilson. And there was a season where there was just discomfort, I guess would be the easiest way to say it. And uh, I was having to deal with issues uh, that now it was on me and wasn't on the bishop. And I will never forget, I was standing in the pulpit and preached a what was ever pastor knows those moments where it's tough. And it's on you. And everybody's looking, how's the youngster going to handle this? And uh, while I was moving to the end of my sermon, I felt somebody come up beside me. And I looked to my right. And Harold Sargent had walked up on the platform and put his arm around me. And he said, I'm with the man of God. Brother Sargent, you'll never know what that meant to me. I love you, sir. Amen. And all of these men, I good to see all of the, the Rock Church men of God. Amen. Love them. Proud of what they're doing. Powerful men of God. And, and Elder Bo, me and you go a long way back. You helped a young man learn how to preach. Love you, Brother Elder. Amen. 
I'm the younger young, and he's the younger elder. Amen. So good to be here with all my friends. Amen. Brother and Sister Mayo, I love you. I know we're taking time, but it's Wednesday night. It's church night, so it's just church folks. And uh, I came, I, I left Hawaii to come here. Some of you are saying, why in God's name would you do that? It takes a lot to get me out of Hawaii. Amen. I took a red eye. It took me 13 hours to get here. But I made it. I may be the first preacher to ever fall asleep while he's preaching at, at Summit. Amen. Amen. It's good to see all you clothed people here. I've been in Hawaii. Amen. Clothed and in your right mind. Amen. If you have your Bible, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm looking forward to the ministry tomorrow and tomorrow night. And my wife will be here and my daughter coming in. I had a little harder time getting them out of Hawaii to hear me preach. So that'll tell you what they think about these other preachers. They're coming to hear them, but not me. Amen. One verse of Scripture. And uh, I, I was, you know how it is. You get to thinking about what am I going to preach at a conference. And uh, I was working on some stuff and thought that that would be what I preached. But uh, on the plane last night, and then in the room today praying, this is what I felt. And uh, I'm just going to follow what I feel to preach today. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and 1 verse. But we all with open face beholding as, it, as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We are changed into the same image, the image that we see in the glass. And I want to preach for a little while tonight on this subject, the mirror in the jungle. The mirror in the jungle. Would you put your Bible down and lift your voice and let's pray that God would anoint me to preach today and that our hearts would be open. God, we love you. stir that gift up a little bit. Oh, power of the Holy Ghost, fill this tabernacle right now. We love you today. We honor you today. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. It began somewhere in Colombia. The exact details are foggy at best. And maybe it'll make a little bit more sense why it was so foggy. But as best can be determined, Marina, as she became known later, was somewhere four or five years of age. It is not determined exactly, but that is the best that has been uh, determined. And the only brief memories 
are a clay brick pathway and what seems to be in the fogginess a little garden with some peas. And why peas are remembered, who knows why the brain works the way it does. And a little black dolly. And that is about the most that is remembered except for a huge rough hand, a grip, a hold, then a hood with a strong chemical, and then blackness. And that is as much from that as is remembered. The darkness gives way to a lighter darkness, still hooded, but the little girl's name became known as Marina Chapman. Maybe you have heard her story. Hooded in blackness, and it is a sketchy memory of some type of vehicle, the bed of a truck, and she seems to remember after long therapy and doing the best with experts to pull what memories could even be pulled, the sound of possibly other children crying in the bed of the truck. But there is the memory of darkness and night, a hood and chemical. Rough hands then drag her after hours of driving from the bed of the truck. She remembers a sweaty arm, a shoulder, and a smell. And like a sack thrown over a shoulder, she remembers clutching to keep from falling as the man carrying her is running in the darkness. The sound of voices can be heard in her memory. And into the deep Colombian jungle she is carried. Now she is caught between the violent upheaval of her emotions as she is terrified the hood has fallen and she has figured out in her little memory that she is uh, being carried into the jungle and by a stranger and is terrified of who is this strange man while terrified not to let go because she doesn't know where she is. Imagine the brain of a five or four-year-old child. Fear and panic now becomes terror. And her body is ripped. Her clothes are being torn by the thorns and the branches and the palm fronds and all of the things that jungles hold. And now it is terrifying that is carrying her beyond anywhere her emotions have ever been before in her little short life. Afraid to let go. But then her memory, as the therapists were able to pull it from her to her horror, she is thrown roughly to the ground. And uh, not knowing what's coming, she crouches, she's afraid. And then to her horror, the sound of feet running away as little Marina is left in the Colombian jungle. She remembers the sound of the feet running away. And then, can you imagine? I can't imagine it at 48 much less at five. Now she tries to chase after the stranger that brought her here. The emotions, the mind, our psyche is a strange thing. Why would you pursue what has done such damage to you? 
But in her little four or five-year-old mind, she it's the only semblance of reality that he, she's even connected with. So she endeavors to try and follow after, but now she is running, she is screaming, she has come to the point of horror, and she is trying to capture this man that captured her, but to no avail. He is gone, and all that is left is the darkness of the Colombian jungle. And she balls into that little embryonic curl under some bushes and begins to cry. And the night seems to come alive with the sounds of strange movement. She describes in her book, I first heard her story listening to the radio, then purchased her book. She describes as best she can a night of terror. Then, somehow, miraculously, she survives, and dawn breaks in bringing hope. And suddenly, the sunlight reveals where she is, and she, in her little way, tries to find the people that brought her. But her hopes are squandered as morning turns to noon, and noon to afternoon, and then the sun sets. And here's a five-year-old child faced with the jungle another night. She searches that day, night falls, and she remembers the snake that curled and crawled past her. The terror. Some of you are nervous right now just hearing the story. And her description is terrifying to think if that was my little girl. And somewhere in the next day or two, there is a point of no return emotionally. It would happen, they tell us, to adults, but it happens quicker to children, is that now hope is taken from her. The line of dysfunction is crossed. Sanity, as she has known it, is taken. And she has passed over the brink until now, as a four or five-year-old child, she is struggling to survive in a jungle. No weapons, no protection. And the feeling of hopelessness now has it's sought, it's, it's sunk into her mind that no one is coming for me. Mommy and Daddy are gone. There's no one here. Even the stranger I search for is gone. And so now it is just aimless wondering. And on the second day, she stumbled onto a movement that caught her attention through the forest or the jungle, and she poked her head out to see they're called a troop, a troop of monkeys. And it's an amazing story how little Marina caught their attention, and the investigation was on. They scurried down from the branches and the vines and begin to poke and pull and prod on her long hair and her clothes and begin to inspect her ears and open up her nostrils, open up her mouth, and the inspection was full on. And here, this little girl, fear, she's being handled by these strange creatures that she's never seen in her life. Imagine the point of dysfunction and the line of sanity being crossed. And now she is being investigated by creatures she's never seen. All right. 
and handled roughly. But after a while, they seemed to lose interest and kind of wandered back to what they were doing. And she noticed they were eating and would drop different pieces of fruit or nuts. And she was now hungry. Day two in the jungle. Are y'all interested in this story? I've got about 15 copies out there that I, I'm just kidding. Day two turned to day three. Day three turned to day four, five, a week. Amazingly, she was accepted by the troop of monkeys. And she was limited, obviously, in that she had to follow on the ground as they moved from tree to tree in the canopy of the Colombian jungle. But she began to learn by monkey see, monkey do. And she began to figure out when he turns his back, I can take his fruit. She learned it by observing how they treated one another. And she survived by watching as they found the creek and found the leaf that had held water. And so as a four-year-old child, she began to adapt, surviving on monkey see, monkey do. She was accepted from a distance, and over the weeks, she became more skilled. She learned as time went by. She learned how to manage to get up in the canopy with the monkeys. In fact, now in her 60s, I have a picture of her, that she now climbs trees in her 60s for fun. And one of her favorite pastimes is sitting with her daughters and picking through their hair like the monkeys did to her. But the days turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months. No one is exactly sure, but to the best of their study and research, Marina lived with the monkeys for 10 years. Clothing, none. Bathing, none. Parents, none. Conversation, none. Books, none. And because as a child she crossed the line of what was normal, normal became a new normal. And she survived on monkey see, monkey do. She learned their way. She learned to survive by looking at the jungle around her. And what had been so fearful early on, she became comforted. She even described in her book of how the snake had feared her, had scared her so bad. Now she learned to love the serpent. She became one of them. Imagine a 10-year-old child in the jungle never having a bath. Clothing is gone. No one to tell her, direct her. The trauma affected her heart, her soul, and mind to the point she lost touch with what the experts call the core of her emotions. And somehow in survival, she blanked out mom and dad and family. And the only foggy memories she has are 
red clay bricks and some peas and a rough hand and a hood. She doesn't remember mom. She doesn't remember dad. She doesn't remember what town in Columbia or village she was from. All of that is gone from her memory. At four or five, I'm sure she spoke, but she crossed the line. And so as crossing the line, she blanked out and lost her ability to even speak. Ten years, her normal became learning the sounds and grunts and screams and the beating of the ground for communication. And she learned to recognize the sound and the communication of the monkeys. She ceased to speak her human language and adapt to a monkey communication of monkey see monkey do afternoons were spent in the canopy with her family of monkeys and one day while up in the top of the canopy she happened to notice after a lengthy time of rain she looked down into the ground and there something caught her attention something glinted that had never glinted before thinking it was some new something she climbed down from the canopy made her way digging through like an animal but somewhat curiously and there it was it was a hard rectangular something and she picked it up and let it go and picked it up and put it to her teeth as an animal would to see if it tasted but it was hard to her teeth and she pulled it out, and when she did, to her amazement, it was alive. Because staring from this something were the eyes of a living creature. She dropped it and scurried off. But then her curiosity, like a monkey coming back, she comes and picks it up. And there the creature looks at her. She drops it again. I got your attention, Nora. <laughs> this does have spiritual application, I promise. <laughs> she picks it up again. And in the process, something snaps. As she realizes... Those are not the eyes of another creature. Those are her eyes. And she looks, and when she blinks, it blinks. And she moved it. And with the mirror she had found in the jungle an awareness came I am not like them and it began her journey with a little rectangular mirror 10 years old or now 13, 14, 15 what am I? I'm not that. And for the first time in her life, the mirror 
in the jungle revealed to her that she was not like what she was running with. She made her way back to the troop and of course they were interested because they saw her new shiny thing and they took it from her and then they lost interest. But there was something in her that recognized now. I've spent all my time trying to be like them. But I'm not them. I don't know what I am yet. I've never seen this before. But I know one thing. I got a glimpse of something that I'm not. And it was months until the sound of footsteps were heard and the monkeys were sounding the warning and beating the trees and scampering to the canopy. And Marina did too. Yes, she always did. She went to the lower branches where she could and hiding in the foliage she looked as there the sound revealed itself as a hunter was making his way through. And the image in the mirror Caught her attention and she said, that's what I am. It's a long story. It wasn't an easy overnight fix. It's one of the most amazing stories I've ever read in my life. If I had written the book, I would have titled it The Mirror in the Jungle. The title is The Girl with No Name. It's an amazing story of how now at 60 with daughters, married, living in England, last or earlier, or the end of last year, she went back to the jungle. And it's an amazing story. Read it. You'll really enjoy it. Uh, all the spiritual stuff you'll get from me, you won't get it from them. But <clears throat> it was the mirror, Brother Bo, that revealed to her, I am not the world. I am with. <laughs> but we all with open face, beholding in a glass the doxa of the Lord, and are changed into the same image from doxa to doxa, even by the Spirit of the law. I've come to preach on this first night of Summit 2016. The most important thing you will ever encounter in your life is the Word of God. When you came to Summit 2016, you came with an open face looking into a mirror and saying, show me your glory. Show me your glory. The world has gone crazy. Brother Mayo already made mention of it. When you got Lady Gaga uh, giving a toilet away for $400,000, you're living with 
a bunch of crazy people. Our world is getting crazier and nuttier every day. And I'm seeing a lot of monkey see, monkey do. I'm seeing a lot of people copying and mimicking and living life trying to keep up with the Joneses and live like that and follow that. I'll tell you what, I thank God for the mirror in this crazy jungle. I thank God that I can get a glimpse and say, my God, wait a minute. I'm not like everybody else around me. I've come with an open face, God, saying, show me your glory. I don't want to live like this jungle. I don't want to live like this crazy world around me. Show me your glory. The word of God, you may be seated, is the mirror in the jungle. I don't know how many of you remember fallen valley that you came from captured by the enemy bound left alone without hope alien from the commonwealth without hope in this world life messed up addicted bound all of your story we could start on this side and go around it would blow our mind to hear the story of those that the devil captured and had taken into the jungle of sin but thank God for a preacher thank God for a bible thank God for a bible study thank God for a somebody that knocked on your door thank God for that Pentecostal service where you saw yourself oh hallelujah I think we ought to just stop and thank God for where he brought us from does anybody remember what you used to be does anybody remember how life used to be oh but thank God for the mirror thank God for the mirror in the jungle I may not be everything I'm supposed to be, but baby, I'm a long way from where I used to be. I got a glimpse of what I could be, so every day I'm walking. I'm getting out of this jungle. I'm headed somewhere. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Monkey see, monkey do. You wandered into a church. For the first time, you saw something you'd never seen before. You sat down across a coffee table in a coffee shop over a Bible study, and for the first time, something came alive. Or maybe you heard a gospel song, and it did something on the inside of you. You got a glimpse of a mirror in a jungle. That little glimpse was all you needed. You didn't figure it all out that first service. You didn't figure it out the first Bible study. You didn't hear it, understand it the first time you heard the song. But it was just a little spark of something that said, wait a minute, there's more to this than what I've been having. There's more to life than what I've been living. There's God, hey, I've come to tell somebody, if you're here tonight and this is your first time, you ought to just take a look around, honey. It's a whole lot different. There's a whole lot more. There's a whole better way of living 
Amen. You caught a little glimpse of the doxa, the glory. And you know what? Once you've seen, you know, little Marina, she was ruined. She could no longer be a monkey. Just one little square rectangle messed up her jungle experience. Oh, I come to tell somebody, just one night in a Pentecostal church will wreck your bar room next week. It'll ruin your adulterous affair. It'll ruin your fornication. You'll be sitting at the bar room wondering about church because you got a little glimpse of something else. You were made for more than a bar room. You were made for more than the jungle. You're not a monkey, baby. You're a human being. Made in the image of God. I noticed on on your sign, on your slide about the ducks of the glory. You may be seated. You had some descriptions there and they were good. They were great. More than adequate. But you left one out. I flew from Hawaii to give it to you. And you gotta you gotta you gotta prove what you say now because everybody as soon as you say something, they start Googling right while you're preaching. Somebody's got strongs right now in your Bible. If you click on that word glory on your strongs button, it's gonna come up. There's another edition in there that says very apparent. The glory of God is not supposed to be something hidden. The glory of God is very apparent. And that's what happened when that little girl looked in that mirror. It was very apparent. Wait a minute. I ain't like those monkeys I've been running with. Oh, she got a glimpse of a mirror in the jungle. And that's what the word of God is. I look in that thing and I see myself. And I'm not like everybody else in Spokane. I'm not like everybody else in Sacramento. I've got some very apparent glory. Give somebody a high five and say, you got glory. You got glory. And I'm in a friend's house so I can preach this. This is why I don't have a television in my house. You know what TV is? TV is monkey see, monkey do. I don't want my family being raised by Hollywood. I don't want my daughter's fashion being determined by what's coming out of Beverly Hills. I'm not one of those mean-spirited guys where I'm going to get up and cuss you out and call you all kinds of names in the name of God and holiness and all. That's not what I am. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't have any problem with sinners doing whatever they got to do. They're in the jungle. They got to survive. But when you get this book 
and you take a look in that book, you start seeing things differently than when you were out there in the world. If you're a sinner here, if you're here and this is your first time and you, you smoke three doobies before you came to church, if I was lost, I'd smoke them too. Man, you got to do something to survive in the earth. And all those semi-righteous people, and y'all maybe see, y'all remember that, you remember that song, I Choose to Be a Christian? If there was no heaven and there was no hell, I'd still be living like a, that's a bunch of baloney. I mean, let's just be honest. We act all righteous like, oh, we just love. If there wasn't no heaven or hell, y'all wouldn't be here tonight, I promise y'all that. And I'd still be in Hawaii, I promise. When you're lost, you got to eat grubs and worms and dig in the dirt and smoke ganji and snort this and drink because you're just trying to survive. So whatever this monkey's doing, I'll do. Did that help? Yeah, let's go get drunk together. Well, how's your marriage? Well, it stinks. Well, trade her in, get a new one. Okay, that's what the world, that's what everybody does because they're trying to survive. They're just trying to get through the jungle. But when you get a hold of the word of God, suddenly everything starts changing. Thank God for a mirror in the jungle. That tells me what I'm supposed to look like and dress like and act like and talk like. Stop blaming the problems on the jungle. I get so sick of hearing everybody gripe about how bad the world is. Hey, the world's just doing what the world does. They live like animals. Sleep around like animals. Redefine values. Can't figure out who they are, what they are. I mean, no wonder they're shaping the generation. If you was in that, you'd be trying to redefine it because what they got ain't working. That's why somebody's got to get up and start preaching and start teaching and telling and singing and worshiping and witnessing. We got to let them know in the jungle, there's a mirror, there's glory. You may be seated. You know, I know it's monkey see, monkey do. I was just in South Louisiana. That's where I grew up. I know you thought I was from Manhattan by my accent. I was in a little Louisiana town, and I saw saggy britches and flat brim caps. You want to know how? Because of TV and media. We got people copying. I, I, I've dropped into Central America. Brother Malone, Brother Jones are here. They could tell you 
You got stuff in Central America that's straight off the streets of urbanized centers of the United States. You want to know why? Because of TV and Hollywood and media. Monkey see, monkey do. Don't you be embarrassed when your preacher gets up and starts preaching against television. You want to know? It has been Hollywood. Hey, come on. Let's just get honest. I come from California. I know, I know Washington. What do y'all call them? Californicators? Y'all may be seated. Y'all may as well get used to them. They're all moving up here anyway. I mean, I think everybody on my plane today coming from California was, was, was coming to Washington, moving to Washington. Y'all yeah, don't even know what that means. But you know what? They're just trying to figure it out. We elected in California Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Y'all are laughing. Y'all want to know why? I mean, what school did he start? What peace deal did he broker? I'll be back. <laughs> and we're saying, we hope not. <laughs> we elected him simply because he was a Hollywood face. Don't tell me Hollywood doesn't have an influence on our culture. It's shaping our children. It's shaping our schools. It's shaping our world. But before you turn your finger and tear them all apart, why don't we just do what we do? Let the world be the world and let the church be the church. Preach the word of God. Get the mirror. Show it to the world. Let them see the glory of God. I don't want the jungle telling and defining my wife and daughter what beauty looks like. Girls struggling with bulimia and anorexia because of their mother's twisted view of beauty. Trying to fit in something that 0.2% of the world can even wear. Trying to look like People Magazine and us and Vogue. <clears throat> monkey see, monkey do. Preacher, can you just show me the mirror? Mom and dad, can you just show me what real beauty is like? This is what <clears throat> I personally believe that this is one of the things that the Bible is mentioning when it says the enemy sneaks in the houses. And leads silly women captive. Image problems. First sin in the Bible was a result of an image issue. She had already been said many times. I think it's six times in those first 
verses that she was made in the image of God. Made in the likeness of God. But what does the enemy do? He plants an image issue in her mind and leads a silly woman captive. And he says, he don't want you to eat that because he knows. It really wasn't about the knowledge. It was about, that means I'm less. You mean there's something out there that I'm less than. And it was an image issue. Led captive. Can I tell somebody you were made for more? While I'm on it, I've, I've been here since the first one, so I, I got elder privilege right now. I don't want Hollywood telling my daughter what beauty is. I want the Word of God. And the mirror in the jungle tells me that if a woman has long hair, it is a doxa. It is a glory. You see, that's part of the word of God showing. Wait a minute, woman. Don't you cut that off. That's beautiful. That's doxa. That's very apparent glory. If you're not in the book, you don't get that. If you're living monkey, see monkey do, and everybody else is compromising, and you're trying to keep up with everybody, if you don't know, that's why you got to get back to the Word of God. you got to get that mirror out. you got to look in the mirror. Wait a minute. That's what real beauty is. That's where the doxa is. That's where the glory is. Don't get caught in unfallen cultures. Grid husband for your wife. I know that's probably what you expected to hear on the first night of Summit. I asked a young man, I pastored a few years ago, I said he was approaching a certain age, and I said, Dude, how come you hadn't got married? And he had, he had dated some beautiful girls. And just never worked out. So I asked him one day, I said, man, why, why aren't you married? He said, you want honesty? I said, yeah, let, let, that'd be good. <laughs> he said, you know why, Pastor? He said, I've never had, he had come to God later in life as a out of high school college years he said i came from a dysfunctional home a broken home and he said all i know about marriage and women is my dysfunctional home and what hollywood has showed me about marriage don't fall to the jungle's lie of what your marriage should look like That's why you got to get to Bible study on Wednesday night. You got to get to Sunday school class. You got to watch your pastor and his pastor and pastor's wife. You got to get that mirror out and say, honey, our marriage can look like that. There's glory in a marriage. As Christ loved the church, husbands love your wives. 
Don't live your life jungle style. Quit living monkey see like you saw your daddy mistreat your mama. Don't live your marriage like mama treated your daddy. Get back to the house of God and say, what does the book say? What does the book say? Show me your glory. I'm closing. Little Marina, when she showed up, the monkeys poked and pulled and pushed and ripped. Marina didn't write about it because she wasn't a preacher. But it hit me. They weren't doing that to the other monkeys. Brother Bass, they did it to her. Brother Bo, because they recognized she ain't like us. Even in the jungle, they recognize glory. And so even when they were just beating the ground and grunting and screaming, they knew something was different about that little creature right there. And so they were pulling and poking and digging and ripping it. Oh, why don't we just go ahead and embrace who we are? We're the people of God. We may as well just fall in this thing and say, God, here I am. Use me, use me, use me. Oh, you know it. The world knows it. Why are you trying to be something you're not? That's what Peter meant when he said, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of doxa, glory resteth upon you. There's an anointing on you. The glory of God is on you. It's the spirit of doxa. It's on you. There is nothing more embarrassing than somebody trying to live in both worlds. Have you ever noticed him? Y'all maybe see that. I'm, I'm just give them a little gravy so they, they think we're getting done here. Have you ever seen him? It's humorous to me if it wasn't so sad. They still want to be apostolic. But they try to move it where it's acceptable. So they just trim it a little. Or just shorten it a little bit. <laughs> and they look funny. And if they look funny to me, I know they look funny to them. Because the world lives by monkey see, monkey do. And they know when you're not really doing what you're seeing. And I often just want to think like, why don't you just be one or the other? Why don't you just be who we're supposed to be? Because the spirit of God is the spirit of doxa. It's the spirit of glory that rests upon you. The joy of living for God. And I haven't always been a preacher. I didn't come out of the womb preaching. I ran from God. I didn't want to be a preacher. In fact, for a period of time, I didn't even want to be a Christian. 
I mean, I, I wanted to, but I just wanted, you know, I wanted to do my thing. And I was smart enough not to do it with the church kids. Because church kids would always tell you that. And so I, 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 got, I got good at figuring out how to Sunday do this. And Monday do this. And you get, you get pretty good at that. copy all the monkeys take off your monkey suit and then go put on your saint suit but one of the most peaceful moments is when you just finally say I'm in I'm in I'm done with that I'm tired of grubs and worms and leftover fruit and busted this. I'm, I'm just going to go over here to the king's table. I'm going to get a robe on my back. I'm going to get a table prepared for me. I'm tired of living the jungle life. I'm coming home. Little Marina didn't understand it all, but she knew. Just for one little glimpse. I've never seen that before, but that's what I am. And it began a long journey out of the jungle. I think that's what Paul was talking about, Ephesians 1 and 18. Early he had said, I haven't ceased to pray for you. What am I praying for? He said that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That you would know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the doxa of his inheritance in the saints. You're not made for the jungle. Look, look around. You, you're, 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 your appendages don't even work right for the jungle. You were made for the house. You were made for the car. You were made for the airplane. You were made to soar. You were made for the ship. You were made to rule and dominate the jungle. You were made to plant the tree, not swing in the tree. He told the Corinthians, he said, God commanded light and it shined in darkness. It has shined in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the doxa of God. In the face of Jesus Christ. See, there's a difference in this mirror than Marina's. Marina picked it up and saw her own image. But when we pick up this, it's a magical mirror because it not only shows me who I am, it shows me what I'm going to be like. And I look at I see all my shortcomings and I see all my failures and I see all my blemishes. But superimposed behind that, I see a smiling Savior that says, Keep on. 
There's a statue of Christ. And I behold his glory. And he says, hey, that's what you look like with me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Until you come into the full stack. That's what I could be. Show me your glory. So I come to summit and I fought devils and I'm dirty and I'm scarred from the battle. And a crazy preacher shows up and preaches about monkeys and jungles. But maybe for a moment you got a glimpse of I could be glorious. I could be great. And they walk into this room, Brother Mayo. And they came from their little storefront church in Montana or Wyoming or Canada. And they struggled. And the sound squealed last night at home. Five people left last month. And they walk into the summit at Cornerstone. And they look around. And the preacher preaches. And God says, that's what it looks like in Wenatchee or Chehalis or Dixon or Rotan or Tennessee. See, you didn't just come to a conference. You came to stare straight into God's mirror. Not just to see all of the stuff you got to fix. Because we're going to get worked on. Every conference I go to, I leave having to repent about something I'm doing wrong. That's what mirrors are for. I mean, do you want to look in the mirror and see you got a big spludge on your face and then not do nothing about it? I mean, the Bible warned about that. Don't look in the mirror and walk away and forget that you. No, no, you're supposed to be challenged and rebuked and chastened. But you're not just going to see the mirror with your issues. You're going to see the glory of God permeating out of that mirror. Saying, I've got glory for you. I've got power for you. I've got anointing. Come out of the jungle. Get out of that tree. Get on the ground and start walking. Serve me in the beauty of holiness. Let me show you what I can do. I'm done. I preached what I felt God told me to preach tonight.